Doing well? I am feeling good. Uh, uh, that coffee and that worship this morning was great. And uh, so I, I'm feeling good. I'm awake. The Spirit has woken us up this morning. Amen. Man, what a wonderful time of worship. Um, uh, man, this tissue box, it's perfect. Mira, thank you, Lord. I needed a couple too. Mira nomás. Ask and you shall receive. So, hey, friends, um, I want to thank you again for, have, for being with us here. Uh, my name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And as always, I never, ever, ever want to dismiss and, and lose the opportunity to thank my pastor, my spiritual father, Pastor Richard, for allowing me to be at this pulpit, to allow me to... Thank you, Pastor Richard, for, for this opportunity. I, um, it's, it's no... It's nothing that we take lightly for sure. So thank you, Pastor Richard, for the opportunity. Um, you know, church, uh, we're, we're going to continue our series in, in rebuilding our future. Um, but uh, last week's, uh, it reminded me, uh, how about that Super Bowl last week? <laughs> I want to congratulate AJ, the only guy with the KC uh, jersey on. He's the only Kansas City fan that I know, at least, um, and he's only been a Kansas City fan for the last couple of years. I don't know why. Um, I don't know how that happened, but he just turned into a KC fan all of a sudden. I have a feeling when they start losing, he's going to switch teams again. But uh, <laughs> I don't know why. But anyway, that's what sports is all about, right? But... Uh, we spent the day, of course, you guys saw us up here with our jerseys, and we spent the day with our family. I'm sure most of you guys spent the day with your family, doing the same thing, kind of what we're doing now, just kind of giving our, ourselves a hard time. I missed about the first half of the first quarter because I did the classic dad in my chair, and then I go, <laughs> for about the first half of the first quarter, and that's what dads do. It's a special gift that we have as dads, just so you know. For those of you that aren't gifted there yet, don't worry. It will come. It will come. Just to be able to sit down and do this. It's just, right? It just comes naturally at some point. But that's the special thing about us families. Amen? We can get together and we could do those kind of things. And today we're going to focus on families. Today we're going to focus on that because it's a special time. That's that Super Bowl. And I know Roxy last week gave a beautiful prayer about the family because the Super Bowl does bring a lot of tension to the household. And she gave this beautiful prayer because it, it, it reigns so true about, about the stats that come with the Super Bowl, how it comes with a lot of implications like domestic violence. Why? Because there's a lot of drinking, a lot of emotions involved, and a lot of people involved, right? Different personalities. But it also brings people together, and I thought about my family, how it just kind of brings us together. I don't know if it was the Super Bowl that brought us together or the pizza and the wings and the nachos. That's what brought some of us together for sure. But, man, it just brings us together. Whatever it is, it brings us together. So I'm thankful for that. And so I want to talk about that because we're still talking about rebuilding our future. We're building our future I don't want us to lose focus in that. It's rebuilding our future. And today we're focusing on rebuilding the family. One of the most intricate parts of our future and of who you and I are. I'm talking about the Super Bowl because, yeah, it, it's part of our culture. And it's a part of who we are and what we do and what we did just seven days ago. But it's part of who we are. And it's such an intricate part of our future. And if you and I are going to be able to rebuild our community and rebuild his church like Nehemiah when he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. It wasn't, remember, he wasn't just rebuilding a wall because it's an inanimate wall. He's not just building a wall. He's rebuilding people. He's rebuilding his people. And so in thinking about the family, I thought, you know, the world has a lot to say about the family. Everywhere we look, everybody's an expert on family. We go to what's easiest, right? We're in line at the grocery store, and we're standing there. And uh, besides, we're looking at the extra purchases that we can make, like the Reese's peanut butter cup or 
those extra things that we want to buy that they always tease you with, those, how about those tabloids that you read like, you know, uh, 10 ways or 1,000 ways to make your wife happy. And you, you, you buy that magazine because you're like, I think I need 1,000 ways to make my wife happy. I think that's what I need. Or, or two ways to make your husband happy. I don't know why the numbers are different. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Those are the headlines I read this last week. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Okay? Don't ask me. Love you, ladies. But we read the tabloids lighthearted. We read the tabloids. We look at the magazines. We turn on the TV. We, read, we see Dr. Phil. We, we, we go to Oprah, and we go to all these daytime television shows, and we look at TV personalities, and we say, man, they are our experts. We should turn to them. Right? We go to them. We, we say, okay, Google, how do I do this? How do I handle this situation? That's what we do. We go to what's easiest to us. We turn on, we go to Facebook and we're scrolling and we see a, a story that tugs our heartstrings and it pulls us in a certain direction of a family story. And we say, yeah, that's how the family should be. That's, that's exactly how things should be. That, because it's a feel-good story. That's, that's right. That's how it should be. That's right. That's how it should be. But I'm here to tell you, before we go there, I want to read to you some stats because when we, when we look at those kind of stories and we see those kind of things, we look at what the numbers are saying and we look at the, the headlines and we say, they don't really match because the nuclear family is under attack, my family. The nuclear family is under attack. Let me just give you some stats. Married parents, according to the latest census in 2020, 87% of household in 1963, 87% of households were two-parent households in 1963, as opposed to what? 40% in 2021, in 2020, to 40%, about 41% in 2020. That's a big, big number. That's a big difference, family. And did you know that 23, that the U.S., rather, U.S. is the world leader in single-parent households at 23%? The world leader. This is the U.S. This is the U.S. The United States of America is the world leader of single-parent households at 23%, according to Pew Research Center. That's the research that was just done in 2021. A 20, 2016 survey showed that 63% of dads recognize that they spend too little time with their kids. 63%, 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10 dads. The good thing is at least they recognize it, right? So we're good there, but they still say, I don't spend enough time with my kids. Why? 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 Here's something that I think is very important to us as a Christian community. When we come together in communion, and I'm not talking about the Holy Sacrament of communion, that we come together in communion, but I'm talking about communion as in family dinners. We talk about the, the, the silent generation. If you were born between 1928 and 1945, you're part of what we call the silent generation. 84% of silent generation of the silent generation experienced family dinners. Those are family dinners at night where you sat together at the dinner table and you had family time together. You had a family time of communion, of sharing life together. Do you know how important that is when you sit down and you go, hey, how was your day? The boomer generation, if you were born between 46 and 64, 76%. We're starting to come down a little bit now. Generation X, if you were born between 65 and 1980, 59% experienced family dinners. 16, 59%. Millennials, born between 1981 and 1996, 46% experienced family dinners. And then Generation Z, my kids, kids, right? 
kids, or, or, or say, uh, that are my kids' age, rather, 38% if you were born between 1997 and 2012, our kids, the kids that are across the way over there at NB Youth, 38% can say that I get together with my family at nighttime and commune with them and say, how was your day? Hey, do you know how much I love you? Hey, I care about you. How can I help you in this situation? I mean, when we look at those, and we, but we look at the tabloids, we say, two of these things don't match. Two of these things don't match. Right? But instead, you and I are turning to what's easiest, but guess what, guys? Instead of turning to magazines and to TV personalities, you and I need to take it back to basics. And we need to turn to the Lord. We need to take it back to basics. And when I train my team members, most especially my tech team, they'll tell you. Whenever they have a problem, I always tell them, don't freak out. Take it back to basics. Oh, but it's got to be this. It's got to be this. It's got to be the most complicated thing ever. That's why the IT guys are the guys that everybody hates at the office, right? Because they're like, move. Remember that guy from Saturday Night Live? He just goes, move. And he's like, is it on? When you call IT and you wait for three hours and they go, okay, sir, huh? Yeah, okay. Uh, Did you make sure that it's plugged in? Did you hate that guy? Because you're like, well, of course it's plugged in. Oh, look at that. It's not plugged in. What do you know? It's not plugged in. Or what do you know? It's not powered on. Or what do you know? The printer doesn't have paper. What do you know? The printer might actually need paper. But instead, you and I are there taking apart the printer, and we're looking at the computer chip, and we're looking at the ribbon, and we're going, oh, it's got to be something wrong with this thing. And all of a sudden, you open the tray, and there's no paper We have to take it back to basics. We have to take it back to basics. And when I say take it back to basics, it's as simple as this. Look what Proverbs tells us in chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his ways in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. The basic here is trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Seek him in all you do, and he will direct your path. Seek him in all you do. And with that, church, we're going to continue with our series in rebuilding your future because we're still in Nehemiah chapter 4 in rebuilding that. Because you see, in chapter 4, verse 6, if you guys remember, chapter 4, verse 6, Nehemiah is talking about the the people who are rebuilding the wall. And in chapter 6, he says that they were working with enthusiasm. It says here, at last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. For the people had worked with what? Enthusiasm. They had worked with enthusiasm. But in verse 10, in the verses, they get a little tired and they get kind of bummed out when they see, yeah, we're halfway there, but man, am I tired. Man, am I tired. Man, I'm tired. And sometimes I feel that's a lot of us in some ways. Some, sometimes I feel like we get tired with our families and we get tired. And sometimes we get tired. But before we go any further, why don't we bow our heads and we go before the Lord in prayer to receive what he has for us. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the families represented in this room. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of families. Lord, thank you for not just our carnal families, Lord, but our spiritual family here at New Beginnings. Lord, thank you for this family, for this body of believers that come together, Lord, every Wednesday, every Sunday, Lord, to give you thanks, Lord, to commune with one another, to share life, Lord, and be one together, Lord, to give you the honor and the glory that you are always due. 
Lord, today we ask that as we dig into your word, Lord, that you would help us take this in, Lord, and help us rebuild that which is so important to us, Lord, the family, Lord. Not only our families at home, Lord, but the family here at New Beginnings, Lord, that we may impact a lost and dying world through the love of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, church, like I was saying, sometimes I feel... Like you and I are the same way where we get to our families and we're young. I remember being 20, I don't remember right now, I'm 20, how old was I then? I was 20, 23 when I got married. And I was excited about being married and I was hungry to, to move forward and go, 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 go. Just like the people of Israel building that wall and building that wall. And we're building that wall and we're at 50% and... And then, and, and then, and, and then, and then you get tired. And then you're like, squirrel! Work. Squirrel! Responsibilities. A hobby, a sport, whatever distraction, distraction has you. Whatever keeps you from rebuilding the family, from keeping building that wall, right? That strength of that family unit that the Lord has brought together in your life. And sometimes you and I get lost in that. And we get lost at 50% because we go back and we go, man, that's a lot of work. Just like the people of Israel did in, in verse 10, chapter 4 of Nehemiah. Where they got kind of discouraged. And they go, man, that was a lot of work. Hmm. That was a lot of work. But I'm here to tell you, I want you to turn with me to the book of Colossians. Because in the book of Colossians, Paul's writing to this church as well that had to take it back to basics. And I'm, I'm guilty of always doing this, but I have to give you a little bit of context when we read this book. I love this book. I, one of my favorite books in the entire Bible is the book of Colossians. And these, these people in the book, they're, they're Gentiles. For the most part, they're Gentiles. And there's this guy named Epaphras that Paul sent out. And he said, I want you to start this church in Colossae. And then Epaphras goes and visits Paul when he's in prison. So Paul, the book of Colossians that you read is the letter that he wrote to the city and to the people of Colossae. So the book of Colossians that you and I know today is that letter that he wrote to them. I mean, he wrote that letter from prison because when Epaphras went to go visit him, Paul's going, okay, give me a state of what's going on. Give me what's going on here, Paul. How, how are things going in, in Colossae and Laodicea, these places that I sent you to? And he's going, well, not good. It's going, uh, they, they, they're trying, man. They're trying. And he goes, well, what do you mean trying? Of course, I'm paraphrasing, right? And he says, what do you mean trying? He goes, well, they're, they're trying as hard as they can, but, you know, they're mostly Gentiles, so there's some Jews within the city of Colossae, and they're, they're starting to, to guilt most of these people into... Hey, don't forget about the Jewish festivals and the Jewish holidays and the Jewish laws that you're, that you're forgetting about. You're forgetting about the Jewish laws. Don't forget about the Jewish. So they were like, oh, well, Epaphras didn't say that. Well, okay, I guess we, we better start celebrating these Jewish holidays and we better start celebrating these Jewish festivals. And then they started kind of mixing in these Jewish holidays and Jewish festivals, and they started doing all this. And they, so they basically made themselves a buffet, if you will, of a little bit of, of these beliefs and a little bit of that belief. Sound familiar? Maybe something like 2023? No? Okay. And maybe a little bit of this, maybe a little of that. And then Paul says, this is when Paul is now writing to them, so I want you to follow with me. And he's going, no, 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 no. Let's take it back to basics. Let's take it back to basics. So I'm going to tell you guys, let's take it back to basics. Amen? Colossians chapter 3. Let's go. 
Let's start at verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, verse 14, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in harmony, 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Is that taking it back to basics? That's taking it back to basics. And Paul wrote that to the church in Colossae. He wrote that, like I said, with the intention for them to stop and recalibrate. And he says, stop and recalibrate. I don't want you to feel bad about what's going on. I don't want you to beat yourself up about what you've done. I, want, I don't want any of that. I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want any of that. I want you to stop, recalibrate. If you're facing this way, cool. I don't want you to, oh, no, I got to guess, I go, go all the way back to the beginning. No. He says, I want you to stop if you're facing this way. Just turn this way and now keep going. That's the point. Okay? And so that's what I want us to do today. That's what I want to do today. Today we want to do the same. It's to recalibrate because we have to, you and I, to rebuild the family is of prime importance. Because if you and I cannot rebuild our household, and again, I've mentioned this before. And you say, well, I don't have a household. It's just me. Cool. Then rebuild yourself. Because we're going to be talking about that too. Because if you can't rebuild your household, if you can't rebuild that family unit, you cannot Work outside of those walls yet. Okay? You can't, remember this, you can't pour yourself out if you're an empty vessel. You have nothing. You have to be full to be able to pour out. So you have to pour, pour into yourself to rebuild that wall. You have to rebuild that first. Rebuild that, okay? So, if we're going to dedicate ourselves to do that, we have to do a few things with our family. And that includes this family too. We spend a lot of time together here, so we're going to talk about some of the dynamics that we put up with when we sit together here in this family and out there, okay, eating donuts, okay? Number one, I want to talk about this because this is important. It's important for us to embrace each other's differences, Okay? Number one is that we have to remember that it's important that we have to embrace each other's differences. Now, we have to learn to celebrate the uniqueness that you and I have. Not only the ones that you and I have, but the uniqueness of every family member in our household. The uniqueness of every family member. Every one of us is different. I love to picture my family as a puzzle. It's a beautiful picture. You guys have a beautiful family, but I got to be honest, I think mine is the, is the most beautiful family. When you look at our picture, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. I'm only seeing that because my in-laws are right over there, okay? <laughs> but I love to picture my family like a puzzle. Every single one is such a different shape. But without it, you can't make that beautiful piece of art. You just can't do it. Could you imagine how boring life would be if everyone was the same? I mean, any family. I mean, let's talk about this family, right? Not just our household family because we all know the quirks, right? Could you imagine if there was, in my household, four Michael Romeros all getting up at whatever time I get up and just... coffee everybody at the same time good morning good morning good morning if i didn't have Kristen, who's my my baby help here singing with us she's the one that gets up in the morning and she's she's the one that from the second she gets up she's singing and she's she's always been that girl since she was a baby man she's been 
she's always been the crazy one. She's always been the loud one. Or without Adrienne, my oldest daughter, right with a horny dad, she's a little more like me, more mellow. With those different personalities, or here, this family that I love so much, how boring would it be if we had all like Javier Gonzalez, my drummer? I pick things up and put them down. Everybody, right? Hey. <laughs> all day long, right? If everybody was that guy. I mean, Javier, I love you. I don't know if I could all day long. Right? I mean, I don't know if I could do that all. All, everybody, if every one of us was like that, imagine that. We wouldn't all be laughing right now at it. But we have to embrace each other's differences. Look at what Psalm 139, 13 to 4 tells us. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex why do you underline that bold it italicize it because every one of us is complex some of us a little more than others your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it that's what the Lord brings to the table amen the other thing that we have to do church is affirm what we add to each other's lives. Now, affirm the value and joy each other add to your life. To affirm. If I had to define affirm, it's easy. The opposite is deny it. Easy. When I learned how to affirm, I said, well, how do I affirm somebody? How do I affirm this? How do I affirm that? I don't know how to affirm this or that. Like, how do you affirm something, right? It's honest. It's true, right? Let's just be real. Can we get real for a second? Well, how do I affirm something? Sometimes you've got to read the opposite. It's to deny it. And so if you're going to affirm it, you've got to proclaim it and say, yep, this is who I am. This is who that person is in my life. And the opposite is to deny. So we talk about affirming it, and it's just like, man, I love, I love it, because I do. I love when Kristen walks around the house ever since she was a little girl. Like right now, she has this song. She's into, the, she's into Elvis right now. Kristen is so into Elvis right now, and she's merging into the Beatles. So she's working her way from the 50s into the 60s and the 70s right now. Seems like she's going through these decades. Can't wait till she gets to Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's what I'm talking about. Tower power. That's what I'm talking about. But right now, she's, she's starting singing these songs, and Kristen has this thing where she, Kristen has this thing where she sings this, this song, but whatever song she's into at the moment, she'll only sing like three or four lyrics of the song for like six hours straight. And it drives me insane. And I'm like, is that, and I literally just turned to Barbara and, and, um, because ever since she was a little girl, that's who she's been. And I go, is that the song of the week? And she goes, yep, that's the song of the week. And I said, all right, I guess that's what we're listening to for the rest of the week. <laughs> that's, who, that's who Kristen is. That's who Kristen is, but I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's who, it's who my kid is. It's Adrienne. She's my daughter. She's, she's my eldest daughter who's my nurturer. I know that I can go to her, and Kristen doesn't know how to nurture much. I don't know if it's because of her young age, but Adrienne's my nurturer. I can go to, that's why I call her my junior. She's, she's junior. If you ever hear me, you're going to learn a lot about my family uh, while I'm up here. But she, I call her junior because she, she might as well be my boy. She might as well be my boy, man. I, I feel sorry for this dude right here, AJ. He's marrying her in September. And, uh, and uh, they, they get married in September. Pray for him. 
She's a tough one. When he came to ask for, I'll never forget, he, he went to, uh, we were still at 3601, and with fear and trembling, he took me to a private office, and he asked me for permission to pursue her as a, just as a, to date her because she would never allow a boy to even pursue her without, he said, you want to talk to me? Don't even get 10 feet without talking to that guy right there because you ain't getting anywhere near here without talking to that dude. And he, fear and trembling, he took me into an office and he goes, hey. And, and I said, you're more welcome to it, but all I got to say is one thing. Good luck. <laughs> That's literally what I tell you. He won't, I, he's not going to let me lie. I said, good luck. And to this day, he says, you weren't lying. Good luck. But that's why I call her Junior. I call her Junior because she might as well be my boy. But she's a nurturer at heart, and she loves people. She loves, loves, loves people. I can go to my Junior anytime, and I can pour my heart out. And I, if I need that emotional support at any moment, I can go to Junior. And I love that because that's, that's Junior. That's Junior. She's the one that knows how to be your support. She goes, I'm proud of you, Dad. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad you did that. She's your cheerleader. She's like, yeah. She's that girl. She's awesome. She's awesome. Enough about the kids. Enough about them kids, right? Because Psalm 127. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. We have to affirm their gifts, affirm who they are and what they add to our lives. And let's not forget about the queens and the kings of the household. For me, I can talk about Proverbs 18, 22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure. And he receives favor from the Lord. I'm telling you, I've told this to you guys a thousand times. If it weren't for my wife, I literally would not be where I stand today. In, in Number one, in ministry, but just in life. She has brought my life together. She has brought my life together. She's the rock that truly sustains me. I can have that one horrible, horrible day. And all I need for her to do is just, and I know it's going to be all right. I know it's going to be all right. As long as my feita's there with me, that's why I call her. Sorry. I know. Where's Roxy? She hates that I call her feita. Because she's like, tú eres el veo. She says, you're the ugly one. And I said, well, that's true, but still. But I said, you know what? As long as my feita's next to me, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Because I have found that treasure. And I affirm that who she is in my life is that person. That that's who she is. That's who she is, and that's what she brings to my life. Let's move on. This is important because this is one church that... It's hard to accept sometimes. Learn to say, it's not you, it's me. Man, that's hard, isn't it? Learn to say, it's not you, it's me. It's important to realize that sometimes we might actually be the problem. Or rather, let me, let me rephrase that. The problem might sometimes be inside of us that we don't know about it. See, I wish I could tell you that I did just so much research on this topic that I spent all night and I did so much research on it that I, I put this together. And No, I, I tell you a lot of this from personal experience. I had to learn a lot of this the hard way of saying, man, it's not you. It's something that I had to find that I had something in here. The book of James chapter 4 Verse 1 tells us, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You see, though James is talking here about the battles and wars among the Christians, I can tell you that at the same time, it can be said for the battles that are coming in from inside of us. Because the battles that you and I face in here come out to the battles that we make out here. Okay? And so it's always easy to point the finger somewhere else. It's always easy to point it, especially when you have no idea what's going on in here. Especially when you have no idea what's going on in here. 
that you're facing battles like, like anger or selfishness, covetousness, jealousy, insecurities, things like that, right? But before we lash out and point fingers and begin those things, because when we start doing those things, that creates battles and it leads to criticizing and confrontation. It's important to ask just a couple of things. Is this about being selfish? Before we start lashing out and pointing fingers and confronting others and criticizing, is this about being selfish? Is this about being selfish? Ask yourself those things because sometimes we don't know. Is this about being selfish? What about, is this about being petty? What if it's just something so menial? And this is petty, man. This is, I should choose my battles more wisely. This is, this is really petty, man. Really, really petty. What about this? Is this about me getting even? Is this just about me getting even? See, all these things are important for us to look at, church. I want you to turn your attention to the screens, church, because I want to introduce something to you. We came to re-engage because we had become roommates. We were looking forward to learning some new things to help improve our marriage. There was an infidelity and a pornography addiction that she wasn't aware of. We were headed for divorce. We heard it was a safe place to reconnect with your spouse. And I had an affair, and I was ready to leave my family for it. We were in a downward spiral in our marriage. Uh, we were just constantly fighting. The first time we walked into Reengage, I actually felt hope. I was just very nervous to see what was going to be revealed. I felt, finally, this is a place where I do not have to pretend. This class would require sharing and transparency, which was not something that I was used to. I really didn't want to tell people about what was going on in our marriage. I was very fearful. Uh, being an atheist, I had never willingly walked into a church. And I was so grateful as we walked in that there were people there to greet us that were so kind. The first time I walked into Reengage, I felt hope and peace. It was the first time I had ever heard people talk about really hard things they had been through and also hear that it could be okay. One of the biggest things I realized was that I was the biggest problem in our marriage, not my spouse. I had blocked out feelings, not only from my wife, but also from myself. We did an amazing job sweeping conflict under the rug, which over the years just resulted in resentment and uh, mistrust. Terry and I have been married for 19 years, and there are still areas that we can improve on. One of the biggest things I realized going through Reengage was how God's Word came alive. God actually had designed marriage. Our re-engaged couples poured love into us and accepted us uh, without any expectation. And there was a, a true desire to understand and not necessarily judge what I was doing. One of the things I, I liked about re-engage was being able to share our story, talk about it freely in a safe environment. Now our marriage is characterized as one full of love and grace. Our marriage is characterized by putting Christ at the center. Daily prayers. A lot of laughter. It's not perfect, but our disagreements are now opportunities. If you're considering coming to re-engage, the one thing I would want you to know is that you will be surprised at the relationships that you'll build there. It's worth giving God an opportunity to come in to your marriage. That's right. I want to introduce somebody to you, church. Let's, let's welcome... Marie and Art to the stage. Amen. Yes, this is Marie and Art Posey. And Marie and Art Posey, I've been talking to you guys about it now for the last few weeks. We've been talking about re-engage. And we were just talking about families and the importance of rebuilding families. And we said, you know what, Marie, Art the Lord has transplanted them from a ministry that they were at for over 20 years because the Lord called them here. They, the Lord said, I think, I think it's time for you guys to, to move. I'm calling you guys somewhere else. And he transplanted them here from another ministry. They had no idea. They were just obedient. And they've been serving here and just attending and really putting their finger on the pulse of the ministry saying, I, just, I, just, I don't know why the Lord brought us here, but... I just, I, I, all, all I know is that the Lord brought us here, friends, and, and then they, 
and, and just mutual connections. And the Lord said, it's time to make this shift. And then the Lord finally said, ah, this was the purpose. And Marie and Art have a passion for rebuilding families. They have a passion for rebuilding families. They have a family of their own. They have two children. Two, come on, step forward just a little bit. They have two children and some grandkids. They have a full house. They've been married for 34-ish years. They, oh, yeah. And they love the Lord. They love you guys. They, and, and so they have dedicated themselves to, to fulfill the role of our facilitators to, to run, re-engage for us. And we want to talk a little bit about that because we feel that it's so important. We've been talking about re-engage now for the last few weeks, if you guys recall. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about it, the importance of re-engage. And instead of me just kind of giving a, 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 a 30,000-foot overview, I want to bring this drone down just a little bit, down a little bit, and get, get with the experts. You guys are working with um, the last few months. You have been working tirelessly week in and week out right, on a weekly basis with some of our own. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we show uh, that picture? We have some of, we, you guys are the facilitators, but you're working with some other team members here at New Beginnings as well uh, that, are, that are, have dedicated themselves to be also co-facilitators here like the Torres family and the Senas as well uh, that they're, they're saying, no, we want to help re-engage this family unit and not only help us rebuild this, but tell us, People that have been going through these marital problems or marriage problems, tell us a little bit more about re-engage. They've gone through all these avenues. And why re-engage? What is it about re-engage that is going to make it? Tell us. Art, tell us. What makes re-engage different here, yeah. than any other marriage program out there? And there's a lot of marriage programs out there right now. Most of them I've taught and been affiliated with in different ways. Re-engage approaches it from a godly standpoint. It brings you back to the basics, to the one who designed marriage. And re-engage is one of the only programs that is designed for healthy marriages as well as unhealthy marriages. Mm. So both benefit from it. Re-engage starts from the fundamentals in the first eight weeks. And then after we've covered the fundamentals in the large group, we break out into a small group, which is a 16-minute week study okay the small group couples are invited to because it's very intense and we focus on individual problems that you're having in your marriage the difference between we engage in a lot of therapy sessions a lot of counseling sessions with different marriage counselors christian marriage counselors secular world counselors and everything else is re-engage this whole program is focused around the fundamentals that God had for marriage. And it focuses on the individual, not the couple. Okay, Most counselors, when you go to them, they're going to focus on the couple as a whole. Reengage doesn't do that. Reengage's model is get yourself right and then work on your marriage. So, so, so tell us a little bit more, Marie. Maybe you can help us understand. We, we get to reengage. Week one, what does that look like? Week one, week eight, week 12. I know Art gave us kind of a brief overview. You guys deal with what kind of topics do you guys, do you guys, is it topical? Give us those ideas. Go ahead, Marie, Art. So, so it's, it's, it's a topical study. So we're going to touch on the pillars of marriage in the first eight weeks. Okay, so there's eight pillars we're going to go through. We're going to talk about intimacy. We're going to talk about oneness. We're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about a healthy marriage and an unhealthy marriage. We're going to talk about what you were taught about marriage. Most marriage problems don't start with the two individuals. Mm-hmm. They start with the two individuals and their past. Mm-hmm. Families have a great influence on how a marriage works. You bring in your family beliefs, I bring in my family beliefs, and a lot of times they don't match up. Okay, That's a fact, Jack. Yeah. That's right. And that's where we start, okay? We start teaching you what is healthy and what is not. What you've been taught that is correct and what is not correct. And we base that on the Word of God. 
not on somebody's opinion, not on Dr. Phil's opinion, not on Oprah Winfrey's opinion. Mm. We go by the word of God. This is what God designed wedding, a marriage to be like. This is what God designed a man to be like. We teach men to be a leader that a woman's going to want to follow after, mm. not just a leader because the Bible says so. Okay. So how much space do we have in re-engage because... We, we walk around sometimes and we see some of these classrooms really packed, but how much space do we have? Because I want to talk about that. I kind of want to add something to what Art said. Please, go ahead. Oftentimes um, people have said, oh my gosh, you guys have been married for so long. Um, don't let that fool you. We, we are filled with scars. The only difference between us and somebody that has been married and divorced several times is we just chose not to quit on the mm-hmm. same day. Because there are times that we did want to quit, and we almost quit. So don't think that it it is an area for perfect people. We will talk about our testimonies. We're going to share our pain. The beauty of it is, is Art and I have chosen to walk Romans 8.28 and Mm. not let our pain go to waste. Mm. We have a lot of pain that we want to be able to perhaps prevent another couple, young couple, newlyweds, people that have been married for more than us. Thank you for touching on that. That's important. That's very important to touch on because I believe it's important that us as facilitators or teachers, it's important to to understand that. And we've been there. Yeah. We've been there. So thank you for touching on that. And we want it to be a safe space to talk about really tough stuff. Yeah. And I know we've been talking about signing up. And so you guys feel, man, I bet it's a jam-packed class. And it probably is. Mm. But don't be afraid because don't don't forget that this room is also a classroom. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so this might very well be a classroom if we need it to be. We're not afraid of that. Okay. So I want you guys to really look at re-engage. Okay. What else do you guys want to add about re-engage? One thing about the classroom size, God will provide a way. Amen. I mean, if we got to go in the parking lot, we go in the parking (laughs) lot. I mean, I've done enough ministry to know that sometimes you just got to make do. Okay. Uh, the, The great thing about re-engage in the way we lead it is there is no perfect marriage that's an illusion okay the people that you see out there that have this perfect marriage on facebook and everything else they're just a better liar than others okay every marriage goes through struggles okay if that wasn't true family counseling would not be a billion dollar industry okay (laughs) and the one thing about marriages that learn to deal with their problems and learn to work through them is they become stronger. The problem in America today, national statistics say, and this was just last year taken, I heard the numbers gone up lately, 60% of American marriages end in divorce. 60%. This year's statistics, they say, are in the 70s. Okay, that means only 70% of marriages or 70% of marriages are not succeeding. 70% of families are failing in America. Now turn on the news. Mm-hmm. Look at what's going on in society. Mm-hmm. If the marriage fails, the family fails. If the family fails, society breaks down. Right. When I did jail ministry, it was it was crazy, you know beautiful because God showed up there all the time bringing hope. But what was crazy is most of the men that I reached in jail didn't have fathers, came from broken homes. So they learned how to survive from the streets, from the world. And their sons were repeating the process. The family dynamic in the Christian community is how we change society. Thank you, Mark, for adding that. Can, can we thank Art and Marie? Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Art, thank you, my brother. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Man, Art and Marie are going to be out in, in the mall area after service, and they have, a, they, have a, they have a table set up there. But church, we at New Beginnings are passionate. You don't understand how passionate we are about families how passionate we are about restoring lives to the love of Jesus Christ. How passionate we are about that. It's in our, it's who we are. 
It's who we are. But we believe that we cannot, we cannot rebuild out there effectively without building the nuclear family first. You and I have to put in that work. You and I have to do that. So today I ask you, church, I ask you the following thing. You're sitting there and you're, you're, you're wondering, man, have, have I embraced those differences? Have I embraced those differences? Have I affirmed, have I embraced what everyone is in my household? Have I embraced who I am, first of all? Have I embraced what I bring to the table? Have I quit at that 50% mark? How about we start there? Have you quit at that 50% mark? Have you embraced those differences? Have you affirmed what everyone is in your household? Have you learned to look within yourself and say, man, maybe it is something in me. Maybe it is my outbursts of anger. Maybe it is my covetousness. Maybe it is my jealousy. Maybe it is my insecurities. I know I had to do a lot of that. I had to do a lot of that. But church, you and I have to remember finally that we have to pay it forward because when God, when we've already gone one way, God's gone one mile, God's already gone two miles. We have to pay it forward and be grace extenders. We have to as pastor always puts it right, we say grace extenders. We have to learn how to extend grace to our family members. We read it in the book of Colossians. We read it. Luke 6.31 tells us, do to others as you would like to do to them, or rather as you would like them rather to do to you. We know that is the golden rule. Romans 15.7 says, Therefore, accept each other as just as Christ rather has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. Those is what Art, that is what Art and I were just talking about is taking it back to basics. Taking all these back to basics so we can rebuild the family unit. We can rebuild the family unit. We have to extend grace. You and I have received grace, so much grace from not only the people that love us in our homes and people in this room, but most importantly, from our Father. And if He can extend that kind of grace for what you and I have done, if you think you have sinned against people in your life, you've done it way worse to our Father. I can promise you that. I'm guilty of it too. So extend grace. Will you stand with me, church? One final challenge before we dismiss. As you stand there and you're thinking in a specific area that in your life that needs work and rebuilding your family, maybe you're saying, I, I don't spend enough time with my kids. Maybe, maybe, I don't, maybe I don't extend grace. Maybe I don't embrace the differences. Maybe I do expect the things like, you don't cook like my mother does. You, you laugh, but you know how many times I've counseled wedding couples about that kind of stuff? <laughs> it's true. You don't embrace those differences. Art just mentioned it. Bringing in two family dynamics like that. You're thinking of a specific area right now that we just spoke about. We touched on so much about families. So much is flooding your mind right now, and you're saying right there. Or maybe, maybe you're saying, I don't know what it is. I just know that something's got to change. I know I need to pinpoint something. Whichever one of those two things it is, I'm going to challenge you to do two, two things. Number one, obviously, I want you to pray. We're going to go before the Lord and pray here in a second. And I want you to pray hard for your need. In the back, on the back of our connection cards, we have a prayer request. I want you to fill that out. 
or you can, or you can send your, your prayer request digitally. But I want you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I want to connect with you. But I want you to have some skin in the game. And I want you to pray for that need as well. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to stop by that re-engage table. And I want you to talk to some of those facilitators and say, give me more of an idea. I can't pinpoint what's going on. Or I may need some help in this area. In my marriage or my family dynamic is this the right fit for me is this the right fit for the re-engage ministry for me for my life for my marriage because we need to really work on rebuilding the family amen church why don't you bow your heads with me as you think about that area in your life let's pray heavenly father Right now, Lord, there are thoughts right now in this, in this room, Lord, and prayers being lifted up, Lord. And those very specific prayers, Lord, you can hear every single one, Lord, simultaneously, Lord, because you're omniscient. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you listen to our prayers, Lord, for every need in this room, Lord, represented, Lord, for every family represented in this room, Lord, that desperately needs your help. Lord, everyone in this room, Lord, every single one of us, Lord, is imperfect. There was only one that was perfect. And so all of us, Lord, need to really look at some of these areas, Lord, to rebuild our lives, Lord, to rebuild your church and to rebuild our community, Lord, and prepare the world, Lord, for the coming of your Son. Thy kingdom come, Lord, thy will be done. So, Father, we thank you for today and your word today, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the ministry of re-engaged, Lord, and our facilitators that have dedicated so many months already in training, Lord, in the coming months and years to come, Lord, of that ministry, Lord. And we thank you for the many lives that are going to be changed, Lord, and transformed, and the families, Lord, the family trees that are going to change starting today. The family trees, Lord, that will be transformed, Lord, starting right now. Now, Lord, that we say, I devote myself right now, Lord, to make this small change, Lord, to change my family tree forever. I no longer want to live like that, Lord. I no longer want to repeat that same behavior, Lord, that brought so much pain to my life. But, Lord, I want to rebuild my family. I want to finish this wall from 50%, Lord, and let me finish it, Lord, to its completion. Let me finish the task, Lord, with my family. Let me make them the number one priority in my life, Lord, again, like it was in the beginning. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for the beauty of your word, Lord, and the comfort that it brings us, Heavenly Father. As we leave this place, Lord, let us not leave your presence. Let this word, Lord, be instilled in the very depth of our hearts. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I love you. May the Lord be with you. I hope to see you Wednesday, church. Don't forget to stop by the re-engaged table. Blessings to you, church. I'm living in the old-